Hello, and welcome to the Antisocial Book Club. We're so excited to be here today. I'm Halsey Krubitzer. And I'm Martina Carter. And we are literally just like being the true epitome of being antisocial. Yes. We're literally in my guest room, sitting on this couch that I've had forever. Uh, cozy blankets, books. Surrounded um, by books. We just post made a dinner. We didn't even leave. We didn't even house. leave the house. So it's about as good as it gets. We're representing. Being antisocial. And I love it. Yes, me too. Love it. I love it so much. I'm excited that you are here with us too. Yes. And we just wanted to take a chance for you guys to get to know us a little better. So we're going to try to start having like an icebreaker question at the beginning, which usually introverts hate these, but. I, I really do. Like, if I was, like, at a, a meeting or something, like, they try to do these at work. Like, and I'm like, ugh, so over it. Yes. But this this is this feels different. This feels good. So I'm good with it. Good. Okay. So this thing I should okay. a question. And the question is, if you had to pick one superpower, what would it be? I already have mine. Can you go first? I, I'll, yeah, go for it. I would have the ability to stop time. Ooh, why? Why that one? I mean, it would just be helpful for so many things. Like, you're tired during the day, you just stop time, you take a nap. That's, I never thought about that. Right? You're running late, you just stop time. I like that. Mine would be teleportation. Just because, like, I, I used to drive all the time for work. Like, I get just sick and tired of driving. Same. And I just want to be there in my destination. Snap your fingers and you're there. Yeah. So. I totally agree. Either that or reading minds. But I think if you read minds, it would just be. I don't want to know what people are thinking. Too much. Yeah, I don't want to know. Sometimes I do, though. But that's just because I'm a little busy. (laughs) But I think teleportation is definitely my number one. Yeah. Does it sound like we're old? Because we just chose naps and then getting somewhere really fast. But also. With telling, like, stopping time, you could pull amazing pranks because... That's true. Like, you could just, like, move someone, like, across state lines, and they would just, like, wake up and then... I would die. If you ever did that... (laughs) If you have this superpower and you ever do this to me in my life, I would die. I wouldn't do it to you. I would help you, though. Perfect. And then, also, I thought about this way too much because I would have this thing where I can touch someone and they would also be able to stop in time with me. So if, like, Crazy. something's happening and you just, like, touch the person, we have a conversation. Just, like, and we unstop whoa. time. That's really deep. I thought about this way too much. Have you always wanted to be a superhero? Just to stop time. Just stop I don't time. really know what good you could do with that, but I guess you could, like, stop things from, like, falling on people. Maybe you could stop car wrecks, because if you see them colliding, mm. you stop it, you Ooh. move the cars. Sounds like an episode of Heroes or something. It does. And I never really watched Heroes, but... I didn't either, but I think I would like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, today, we kind of are, in a way, we're going to talk about a superhero in a book. Or I consider to be a superhero in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to talk about... Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI by David Grant. So we have a little bit of history and a little bit of mystery. Yes, both. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Worlds, hello. (laughs) Um, And also, as we mentioned last week in our podcast, 
episode. You already know it's a podcast. That's why you're here. Duh. Um, we should probably mark that <laughs> to cut that out. Um, but we are. pausing so I can cut it out. We are from the lovely state of Oklahoma and the book we have chosen Killers of the Flower Moon is based in Oklahoma in the Osage Osage County um, with the Osage Indian tribe and so it's something it's a part of our history that we've never even heard about um, and reading about it, it's just given us a new perspective on it. And we felt, because we're Oklahomans, we felt like we needed to do this book. Yes, also, definitely. it's just a great book. It is a great book. A very sad book, but a very important book. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. So this is a summary of The Coach of the Flower Moon. In the 1920s, the richest people per capita in the world were members of the Osage Nation of Oklahoma. After oil was discovered beneath their land, the Osage rode and chauffeured automobiles, built mansions, and sent their children to study in Europe. Then, one by one, the Osage began to be killed off. The family of an Osage woman, Molly Burkhardt, became a prime target. One of her relatives was shot, another was poisoned, and it was just the beginning. As more and more Osage were dying under mysterious circumstances, with many of those who dared to investigate the killings were themselves murdered, as the death toll rolls, the newly created FBI took up the case, and the young director, J. Edgar Hoover, turned to a former Texas Ranger named Tom White to travel to unravel the mystery. White put together an undercover team, including a Native American agent who infiltrated the region and together with the Osage began to expose one of the most chilling conspiracies in American history. Wow. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I really don't know. All I can think about is uh, some of the worst crimes in history. And Oklahoma basically starting the FBI. So there you go. Yes. And it was like, we'll talk about it more, but like a huge conspiracy. Um, Like basically everyone. Yeah. But so. Yeah. But we don't want to spoil it for you right now. Um, So if you are just listening in, um, maybe you just want to get a good idea of some kind of book you want to read. That's awesome too. But we're going to tell you when to hopefully pause later on so that you don't get any spoiler alerts. We don't want to spoil it for you. We want you to join us and read. So go ahead and read the book. Come back and take a listen. Um, We would love to do that. So this book was written by David Gran. Not only is he an author, he is also a journalist. Um, I believe that he's currently writing for The New Yorker, which is pretty pristine. Um, He's written for other major news outlets, such as the New York Times Magazine, uh, The Atlantic, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, and The Weekly Standard. And he also has had another um, really popular book called The Lost City of Z, The Deadly Obsession with Amazon. So not Amazon, Amazon, like we go and order stuff off, but like the Amazon. You know what I'm talking about. So... With that, let's go into some Amazon reviews. Yes. First, I have this interview with him, the author that I would like to share. So this is was in Book Browse. It was by okay. Theodore Ross. It was an interview. I just thought it was interesting. Um, so one of the questions, this is kind of like wrapping up the interview, uh, Mr. Ross said, I always like to close the interview by asking what I should have asked but didn't. What's the thing I was such an idiot to leave out? And so then David Grain said, I always ask that too. You did a pretty good job. 
If you want a couple of those, I hope people will reckon with this book. It's something I spent half a decade on and care about deeply because of what it's about. I've done a lot of stories over the years, and sometimes they're larks and they're fun and you kind of move on. This one has a moral import. And I just really agree with that because I felt like this book was very powerful and has definitely it stuck is. with me since I've read it. Absolutely. And it just changed my perspective of a lot of things and it's very eye this is a very, very eye opening book. Um, it's something that we've never really, as we said earlier, we've never heard of. Yeah, and, and we, we took, live here. Oh, but you aren't Tana, but I took a class called Oklahoma History. Yeah. In high school. It's required here. And, and this was <laughs> never talked no, about. It was never mentioned. And I mean, it's not only like Oklahoma history, like American history. Yes. And like American Indian history. Yes. So, so yeah. So I actually like that quote because I mean, I think this is something that will stick with people if they choose to read it. Absolutely. Um, which I hope you do. It's It really is a good book. I always highly recommend it. I don't know if I told you this or not, but I was in a Barnes & Noble one time and somebody thought I was like a worker at Barnes & Noble. Oh my gosh. It was like asking me how what the... compliment. <laughs> asking me how the book it. was. And I just went into full detail <laughs> telling her this book would change her life. You know, I mean, you just all pretending know. to work at Barnes & Noble. No big deal. That's what we do on the weekends. <sighs> I wish. But you also recommended me this book. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do. But you're the one who told me to read this book. Yeah, I we were actually in Osage County where this took yes. place, visiting uh, the Pioneer Woman. Which, Empire. Which yes. I think she's basically, Pawhuska is now I think just her town. I, I think so as well. So. She's really transformed Pawhuska into... Into her own with all her cooking and her ranch yes. and all that stuff. By the way, cooking, delicious. Yes, Especially when like, it gave like five pounds. So. I would like to go back and eat the pizza place. But also visit the Osage Nation Museum. I think that would be mentioned really in cool. This book. We should do that. Yeah, we're doing it. We are doing this this summer, definitely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, to Amazon review. So, like last time, we just want to kind of get some other opinions in here. Because we know what we think about the book, and our opinions are, of course, right. But just in case we're they are We're always right. So what are you talking just about? Just in case <sighs> they aren't, we're going to talk about some others. Okay. So this one, I got 4.6 out of 5 stars. And that was with 4,927 overall customer ratings. Wow. So 72% gave it 5 stars. 19% gave it 4 stars. 6% gave it 3 stars. 2% gave it a two stars, and 1% gave it one star. But with the overall data, you get that it's five-star material. Yeah, it's definitely five stars. So this one, five out of five, excellent book. I'm by Osage, so this book was incredibly fascinating to me. The research is very thorough. I especially enjoyed hearing what happened to the major players after it was over. The last part of the book is the author describing how he ended up solving another of the murders during his research. It's hard to believe it was real life and not a made-up story. Very well done. Wow, she was actually Osage. That's what it says, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That was a really good pick, Kelsey. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. You're so welcome. Yeah, I just really uh, agree with her. And I think, and I totally agree with her that it was very well researched. Like, especially it, in the yeah. last part, just hearing about, like, how much David Green looked at, like, he went through yeah. basically all of the files of the Osage, and he mm. went to multiple libraries. And at one part, at one point, it talks about him, his like the librarian bringing him in just carts of documents, mm. and he went through like all the ledgers and stuff, and like put a lot of things together. 
wow. that no one had before. So I agree that it was very well researched, and it really shows that he cared a lot about. Yes, definitely a lot of detail. You can just you can see that as you're reading the book. There's just so much detail into every little thing. Definitely. Okay, another five star one, and look, it says a great choice for book clubs. Oh, wow, like us. Exactly. Has well-written but chilling account of the multiple murders in the early 20th century and how the FBI became a law enforcement agency instead of just an investigative investigative agency. I knew some of how the government treated Native Americans, but I'm amazed that this period was skipped at least when I was in school in the 80s. It's still skipped, anonymous. These Osage were the richest people on earth due to the oil under their reservation, and they were treated like children, and dozens were murdered for their wealth, many by the men in charge of overseeing their wealth. The U.S. government made these murders the guardians of the Osage, claiming they couldn't be trusted to administer their own affairs. Worth the read. I, I totally agree with this yeah, this person. Absolutely. Like, everything Anonymous just said is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not talked about. It's sad. It's just sad to see how these are human beings. And it's just sad to look back on our history to see how horribly... Not only Native Americans, but all different people were treated um, because of who they were culturally. And especially these Native Americans. I mean, not only were they stripped of their homes, uh, stripped of everything they absolutely have. And then to finally have some luck, have this money. And they weren't allowed to use it. Not even allowed to use it. Many times in the book, they talked about how they weren't allowed to buy food for their families. They weren't allowed to, like, go see the doctor to seek oh. treatment for, like, curable illnesses that they died of because they weren't allowed to use their own money. And then how many of, like, the white people at the time were very, like, resentful of the fact that they could buy cars and yeah. stuff. It talked about, like, some of the women even having dresses from Paris. Yes. Being in Osage County, Oklahoma. Yes. Um, like, the finest fashions. Yeah. The finest fashions... And it's, but there's basically nothing out there. And to have these things, wow. Um, I think I want to change my superpower. Is that a thing? Yeah. If I could, I would go back in time and then beat people up. Yes. Like these people. Even though I'm just a single (laughs) antisocial I mean, if you went as like your 2020 self, they'd be like, who is this alien? I would be be, kicking butt and taking names. That's for sure. But that'd be a good one. With a lot of anxiety they medication. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely needed to have someone else. Yes. But yeah. But I just like that one. Because yeah, like the the guardians in the book made me very angry. So like I'm even angry just thinking about it. Yeah. Like I feel like riled up. Like they treat them like they were children, not like grown adults who you know just because they were, were culturally branded people. as savages. Um, oh, so upsetting. So upsetting. Um, for all those listening, if you're Native American, I truly apologize. On behalf of everyone. On behalf of white people. Yeah, which is never enough. (laughs) Absolutely. Then we have a three out of five stars. Okay. So this one is, this was a great story about the area of the, about the era of the Osage Indians. I had no idea this took place. It was quite an eye-opener. I'm glad I chose this book. The reason I rated it three stars is at times it was hard to follow. Too many names floating around and it was hard to figure out who was who and it took me a while to read this. 
parts were way too confusing. All in all, I'm glad I finished it as I would not have known this true story. Okay. I mean, that's fair. There, This is a tough read. If you're not into reading, like, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt, I mean, it was a lot of names and a it lot is. of people to keep track of. It's a lot of research. So I kind of, like, made notes for myself. I'm like, okay, this was this person's sister, mm-hmm. and then this person married this person. I think that just goes to show, again, how fabulous of a writer yes. um, the author is to be able to put all these details in to make it even an enjoyable book. Yeah, because you know, like, he had to know this information very well to make it into, like, a narrative Yes, that we all want to read. So it just talks, again, about his brilliance. So you go, David Graham. Yes. Yes. So we have our one out of five stars. And that's why I just got, because it was funny. Okay, let's hear it. It's called Full of Statistics. This book was selected for my book club read. I found it to be very dull and uninteresting, having too many statistics. I think perhaps a man would enjoy reading this book rather than a woman. A man. Oh, my gosh. I also know it's because of the sheer hilarity. Also, I don't remember any statistics in the book. I don't either. Like, they just gave facts. There were not statistics. Absolutely. There's not, like, 30% of... These people exactly. have that. And also, no mm. offense to men, but I've never met one who's like, oh, I read a book if it has statistics in it. Yeah. Nobody says that unless you're like a major scientist and much respect for that. So that one was just too ridiculous. And that's also, also ridiculous. One out of five stars. Dull read. Dull. How in the no, world is this dull? No plot at all. Just a boring, dry documentary. Boo. I won't say whatever your name is on Amazon, but boo, one star. Stephanie, we just went there. Yeah. One star. I just cannot believe that someone thought this was dull. Dull. You're Uh, dull, Stephanie. But I guess we're women, so we don't get statistics. Absolutely. So our little brains can't take it. Absolutely. Ugh. Dull. So that's our Amazon reviews. I agree with most of them. Most of them. Yeah, a majority, it is a high-quality book, which it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited because there is currently a production yes. of Killers of the Flower Moon going going in for a movie. Um, I've heard different different dates. Um, one website uh, on Wikipedia it said it could be 2021, and then some local news sites um, from Oklahoma City and Tulsa said it could be 2020. Mm. So um, within the next couple of years, we'll be ha- seeing some kind of Killers of the Flower Moon movie. And I'm pretty pumped about that. Same. Um, I actually, I really, they're having casting calls in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And I wish I would have gone. Me too. Even though it would have been a lot of people. And then awkward. I really like that they are trying to cast like Osage. Yes. In the Osage tribe. Yes. Which I I just want to say bravo to that because just really representing the Osage tribes that absolutely need to be represented. Yes. So the people in charge of this movie, um, who are by the way, um, we have two confirmed stars. And they're With stars, guys. Stars. Absolute stars. Literal stars. So this movie... You've heard of these people. Yeah, absolutely. This is not going to be junk. 
this is gonna be a fine quality. No. Because Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio himself Leo himself is gonna be J. Edgar Hoover. He is? I thought he was gonna be No. The he's J he's J. Edgar Hoover. <gasps> I wish he was the husband. I kinda do too. If I'm right, according to Wikipedia, it's J. Edgar Hoover. I think on IMDb it says Ernest. Either way, he's in the movie. Leo will be there. Leo will be there. Mm-hmm. Man of your dreams. Uh, why Kelsey's looking into that, making sure. Um, Robert De Niro is going to play William Hill. What do you think Which about I that? I like that a lot. I think he'll be good. I, he's not what I pictured. Yeah, IMDb says Ernest. Really? But, so who knows? That's right. We'll find out, guys. We'll find out. When we all go see it to watch it. Yeah, we'll all I just... I like him as William Hale. I, I mean, there are pictures of him since he's a real person. Yes. And he seemed more like a like a tiny person. Yes. <laughs> and Robert De Niro is kind of a bit... He's kind of... But I feel like his character, his, like, rawness of it, I think he'll, I think he'll make a good William Hale. Because William Hale, um, he sucks you in... He makes you think he's your friend, and then turns your back on it. And I think uh, Robert De Niro is really gonna really play that up, and I think it's gonna re- be really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited I, to see who else is gonna be in this it's movie. It's being directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So and guys, he's up for Academy Awards this year. Academy Awards, guys! Wow. So you're ready, guys. Just saying. It's happening. Ugh, I'm pumped. I love a good... That's one of my favorite things. is like reading the book before the movie. Yes. You can be those smug people who are like, in the book, it was like this. I'm definitely and that person. And everyone hates you, but it's <laughs> I'm so definitely, fun to be that person. I am definitely that person. Yes, I will never apologize for having no. read the book before. Because yeah. the book is always better. Always better, guys. Always. I, there's one point where the book or the movie was the movie was better than the book. And that was The Notebook. The Notebook. I will agree. That's the only time. The only when one. When I have ever said, uh, I'd rather watch the movie. Yeah. That's the only time. Who wrote those again? Nicholas Sparks. Oh, yeah, Nicholas Sparks. I used Mr. to read Nicholas Sparks himself. <laughs> Mr. Sparks. I used to read those in high school. I haven't read a Same. Nicholas Sparks book I read in like 10 all. years. I read The Notebook. I read Safe Haven, which also had a movie. Mm hmm. And I also read A Walk to Remember, which we all know that Ugh. movie. A classic. Make me cry. Ugh. But yeah. Ugh. But anyway, so get ready for that, guys. Yeah. It's gonna come out. Anyway, back to Killers of the Flower Moon. Why don't I give us a bookmark really quick? Okay, yeah. Okay, I don't have too many bookmarks on this, um, but this book was published in 2017, which I really wasn't aware of. Um, I thought this was an older book just due to, like, all the content, all, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a newer book, and it's very, very well done. Um, and it made Time Magazine's top book of 2017. Wow. So it came out in 2017 and was top book. Wow. Pretty amazing. I agree. Pretty amazing. Hmm. Amazing. So. Awesome. Are you ready for a discussion question? I'm ready to discuss this because I feel like I have a lot of things to say. Oh, perfect. Okay, so before starting Killers of the Flower Moon, had you heard of the Osage murders? If so, how did you learn about them and what did you know? Do you think this history should be taught in schools? Okay, also, side note, this is probably the time to pause if 
you have not read the books. Yes, definitely pause. Yes. Pause. We'll see you hopefully in a couple days, maybe a week. (laughs) Come back to us. Yes. Yes. But pause right now. Yes. Okay. For those of you who have read, continuing on. Yes. I, I, like we said earlier, I've never heard of these. Like we said, both Kelsey and I, we grew up in Oklahoma and we had to take Oklahoma history. This was never mentioned whatsoever. Never. Whatsoever. And I understand a lot of times people don't take into consideration, like for some reason, Native American history as Mm -hmm. like American history. No, it is. Absolutely. But so set that aside. It's also the birth of the FBI. Yeah, so exactly. Like, you don't even consider like how important like Native American history is for U.S. history. It's also very important. Exactly. So it's important on all fronts, and I just don't understand how this is not part. Has of. just been ignored for so long, almost a hundred years, because this happened in the twenties, in nineteen twenty. Mm-hmm. We're currently now in the twenties again. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So it's been. Almost a hundred years, yeah, if not a hundred years. Wow. Since this happened. It's the Roaring Twenties again. Roaring. Roaring. (laughs) I just think of a lion every time somebody (laughs) says Roaring Twenties. But But I I had not heard them, and I absolutely think that it should be a part of the curriculum. Especially for Oklahoma, but for everybody. Yes. Um, and I just think in general, we just need more, um, education in regards to, um, the indigenous peoples that lived here. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. How trustworthy do you find the different authorities that appear throughout the book to investigate the murders? Authorities such as William Hale, who Green initially described as a powerful local advocate for law and order, as well as the frontier lawmen, the brothers who conduct autopsies of the bodies, the local sheriff, and later the FBI. Let's start off with Hale, and then we'll just yes. go down the line. Hale. What the hail, Hale? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hale is so upsetting. He he truly is. He paints himself as like a friend to everyone, and especially like the American Indian, the Osage people. And he says that he like has their back, and that, oh, don't worry, that he's going to get to the bottom of this and he's gonna investigate he was named the king of the osage which makes me want to vomit even thinking about it it's disgusting yes then he is the one who basically was like orchestrating all this yes all these people the mastermind the ringleader of all of these murders and he like honestly i feel like he was never really fully convicted i mean he went to prison but I still feel like even from prison, mm-hmm. he was writing them letters that was like, I'm going to get out. I'm going to move back mm-hmm. to the Osage Nation. Like, sir, no, you are not. Yes. No, you are not. Ugh. It's so upsetting. <sighs> so, Just to think of uh, how you even orchestrate this. Yes, he came. It says in the book that he came to Osage County basically with nothing. The Osage Reservation with nothing. And then kind of built upon... He was living on their reservation. Right. Raising cattle and he, when he like, made his fortune. And then it just wasn't enough. He just had to take the Osage for all they were worth. Like how... I just don't understand how someone can be that... Greedy. And evil. And evil. And just like take advantage of those who are helping him. 
it made mention of the books like he was he would talk about like just killing killing these Indians like it was no big deal Native Americans like it was no big deal just being very discriminatory against them yes all the while and like he would people do this because he presented himself as their friend and Mm -hmm. so like they would trust him and they would get close to him a lot of them he would have them take out like an insurance policy Mm -hmm. since they weren't allowed to sell their head rights to people Mm -hmm. that was illegal thank gosh but then they are killing them for them so they would be the only people left to take it at the end of the day or have other people manipulate though the Native Americans that did have the head right yeah (sighs) and like like we said, it was him, but it was also basically all the other lawmen. It was the autopsy, those are the coroners, like those stupid brothers, the shoons. The shoons. I just want to go back in time and punch them in the face. Same. Like, first of all, they did not take their doctor... Is it... Is it don't they have to, They take an oath. Yes. I don't know what it's called. To do no harm. To do no harm oath. The Hippocratic Oath. That. See, that's why you're the smartest one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, they took an oath. They did not follow it. And the FBI, well, I read more, but I wrote in my notes, Tom White seems amazing. Because he does. He absolutely, he's the, he's the superhero in this story. Like, they're absolutely, you're reading this, and I kind of felt like I was getting depressed because it felt like there was no hope. For these poor people, they were not going to get the help that they needed. They're afraid they're going to be killed. And Tom Tom White comes in right right when they needed him to save the mm-hmm. day. Uh, definitely a blessing. He sees what's going on. He he takes everything for what it's worth. He goes at every different angle, and he just doesn't give up. But most importantly, he sees these Native Americans as human beings, and that's what's most important. Yes, totally agree. Next question. So this is, if you're reading it, so if you're halfway through the book, who do you believe is responsible for the killings and why? So do you remember who you thought it was in the middle? I honestly, like, I had maybe, like, maybe Hale, but he was so painted as such a good guy. He brought in his own private investigators. I'm like, mm-hmm. who would spend, yeah, he's, who would want to kill people for money and then spend all this money trying to help people and so I didn't think it was him I thought maybe but I didn't think so um I really didn't know who it was I thought they did mention some um outlaws and gang members and I was like maybe maybe it could have been one of them Mm -hmm. um like the Al Spencer gang I know that they were mentioned um and then some other outlaws as well Mm -hmm. I thought maybe them but yeah I had no idea yeah. I mean, I thought it was Hale. I definitely didn't think that Ernest was a part of this. Absolutely. Like, I was just a naive person. I had no idea that anyone was... I didn't know. I thought, yeah, I'm like, you kind of, like, maybe, like, all the outlaws, like, the gangsters, maybe. My heart was but broken for Molly. Same. Well, Heartbroken. Let's, let's talk about Molly. I, I think we should. I mean, she's our opening character um, in, in the book. She's... The main character. She is the main character. She is what this almost, as horrible as it is, she's almost centered completely around it. Um, because in the book they talked about how people were dying. There were To this wastings 
oh, that yes. was her family. Yes, they were dying, and so, like, they were dying off, and so they were gradually getting it so that everyone's head rights would go to Molly, mm-hmm. and they were going to kill her. Mm. And, and her then, own husband was part of this. But do you think that he, Ernest, did it out of greed, or do you think he did it out of fear of Hale? I think maybe both. I think also maybe stupidity. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, like, Hale sweet-talked him into thinking that he was doing something else, that it was mm-hmm. somehow benefiting. But I also don't think that he's innocent. I am glad that he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And the third part of the book, um, they actually talked to Molly's great-granddaughter. And so she talked about how much this has impacted her family, mm-hmm. and especially her father, who was the son oh, wow. of Molly and Ernest. And so also in the book, it talks about how when Rita and Phyllis Smith were tragically killed in the explosion of their house, mm-hmm. Molly and the children were supposed to be there. Ugh. How? And so Ernest and Hale were basically going to murder them, and it just happened that one of the children didn't feel well, and so they weren't there. I don't understand how you could want to... It's your children. It's your own flesh and blood. And it just really makes me question, too, like, was he in this marriage for the right reasons? Or did mm-hmm. was this the plan from the very, yeah, from all along. very, very beginning? I don't know. That's a great question. Either way. Sometimes. Ernest, you suck. Molly, yes. we're rooting for you. Yes. And Team Molly. When Molly started to get the wasting sickness mm-hmm. that everyone else in her family was starting to get, mm-hmm. I'm like... This is definitely poisoning, like they and said. The, yes, like, and the Shreeland brothers were supposed to be giving her insulin, mm-hmm. and they were giving her poison, allegedly. I just think how it's amazing how quickly she recovered when she was put in the hospital. Right. Um, with the right care, the right treatment. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, Tom White was able to get her to do that. Yes, another amazing effort by Tom White. Ugh, go Tom White. Go Molly. But in my notes, I put, it's hard to believe Ernest was that cold-hearted. He told Molly that Anna would be home soon. Ugh. Like he knew that Anna would not be home soon. How sick and twisted. If my husband, who's fabulous by the way, he's also our producer. Yes. If Jamal did that to me. One of your sisters. If yeah, one of my sisters died and he knew about it and I didn't know, I would flip a biscuit. Flip a biscuit. I would go nuts. I don't know. Which he would never do that, of course. But if he did, I don't know if I can continue on with that relationship. Uh, I would hope not. Yeah, you would tell me. <laughs> I feel like, let's take a look at the bigger picture. Yeah. This is not okay. It's not okay. You're oh. killing off my family. <laughs> Get out. Yes, absolutely. And take my money. And go. And I'm going to go with our children. Yes. <sighs> you don't deserve them. Don't deserve it. Something else I want to talk about was guardians. Because this really made me mad. Reading about the Osage Indians were given government-appointed guardians because the government didn't believe they were responsible enough Ugh. to handle their own money. How sick and twisted. <sighs> government, America, we had already taken everything from them. Everything, every single little detail about their made life. Made them move to this place. Made them move to this place. And now that they get a bit of luck, 
because of the place you sent them to, because it was supposedly worthless. I mean, come on. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. I have one that says resentful and jealous that they like they stumble and using air quotes stumbled into this. Mm-hmm. Like actually, they didn't stumble into this. You pushed them into this. Mm-hmm. So stop it. Like they're not children. They're responsible people who can handle their own money. You know what? If they want to buy ten Cadillacs, well, let them do it. Their money. Let them do it. Purchase ten Cadillacs. Just to say you've done it. How many stupid that is their YouTuber kids do that today? Right? right? And no one says they need to have a guardian over their money. Well, maybe exactly. their parents, but not a government-appointed one. Yeah. Who's going to tell them? And then, like, I might have mentioned this earlier, but people, they were dying because mm-hmm. their guardians wouldn't allow them to get medical treatment. They wouldn't allow them to pay for food for their children. That's just... I mean, if they have this money... And you're guarding it to put to... I mean, it's basic human rights. Basic human needs. Ridiculous. Let me take all of your money, Mr. White Man, and you ask me for help mm-hmm. with your medical needs. Ugh, that That is a point that I just... Having a guardian. That's what I told the lady in the Barnes & Noble, and she was horrified <laughs> as well. You should be horrified. Did she buy the book? You know. She didn't. She walked out and she's like, I'm going to read this. But she didn't buy it. Well, lady, if you're listening, you made a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Should have bought the book. I can't Man. believe that. After that impassioned speech you gave, she didn't even buy I, it. I, it was a good, like, 10, 15 minute speech. I've never been so proud in my life. Other people were starting to gather around <laughs> and talk. It was, a, it was a thing. We had a... We had a little like chit chat, a mini book and other people combo. Read it? Yeah, um, no, I was the only one that had read it, and so it was basically me telling them how amazing <laughs> this book is, wow. which now I'm doing to a bigger audience, hopefully. Yes, but if only those people knew then. Oh, only that if. they could be listening to you. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, another part of this book that I found really interesting was just reading about early forensics and the development yes and just even thinking about what it would take to solve a crime yeah because they're the 1920s just coming out with fingerprints yes and yeah. think about it they don't have the fingerprint systems like we do today no it's like basically flipping through a book mm-hmm. and trying to match and trying to match with the huge thousands eye. Uh, yeah, and like a magnifying glass. Like couldn't prove That's it. anybody's alibi. There's no video. Yeah. There's no phone records, I'm assuming. Yeah, there's... I guess there was a phone record, but it wasn't... Like a detailed. telegram. Yes. It wasn't detailed. And that yeah. person was also paid off, so it wasn't even the computer it doing a, it. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. <sighs> Annoying. Yeah, but just like the... And it just goes back to like Tom White being a hero, because he was able to put in this effort... And build this team. There's so many people had tried, or using air quotes, tried. Tried. To help them, tried to solve it. At one point, there was like 50 private investigators on this case. Did did you catch that? And like, Mm -hmm. they numbered them like 1 through 46. Yes. As like, number, number, whatever. Yeah, found this out. And they were all undercover. Which I just wonder what that looked like of them. Like, yeah. wouldn't they still be suspicious of this guy just rolling up out of yeah. all of a sudden? Absolutely. Showing up, wanting to know. But I guess they didn't suspect. 
yeah but it was really interesting one quote that i found that i thought was really interesting it was to believe that the osage that the osage survived intact from their ordeal is a delusion of the mind what has been possible to salvage has, has been saved and is dear to our hearts because it survived what is gone is treasured because it was what we once were we gather our past and present into the depths of our being and face tomorrows we are still osage we live and we reach and we reach old age for our forefathers wow that was i really like that that was a really good a really good quote um these people oh they've just been through so much um mm -hmm. they had so much at the grasp of their fingertips and then had to watch their loved one that's another thing how how would you feel kelsey if all of a sudden like Everyone just starts dying around you. It'd be terrifying. Yeah. And like I said, they were dwindling it down so that Molly would be the last one to kill because then by that point she would have all, all the head rights and the then they rights. would go to Ernest and therefore Ugh. to Hale. Ugh. And then the third part of the book really talks about David Green's extensive research and how he found out that many more people that cause it's called the reign of terror mm. like this part of history and that like many have been confirmed but there are so many more that were actually killed during this time that we don't even know about and that can be connected to their guardians and to just everything guardians Shh, that's why Ugh. right Ugh, just so upsetting it's very upsetting I think another part that we really need to discuss is the investigation. Because mm -hmm. um, Tom White, he's starting to put the pieces together. He gets Ernest, um, and then he eventually gets Hale in. Um, but it's Ernest that's really the key in this. Hale keeps taunting, just basically saying, whatever. I Basically, money money talks and mm -hmm. other stuff walks or I think that's a saying is that yeah, a saying is. But I don't remember what the other thing is I don't remember what the other thing is either I don't remember but anyway that was the thing uh he was trying to pay people off and I think Ernest you can kind of see from the writing it kind of seems like he's kind of to have some like regrets definitely a lot of regrets Mm -hmm. um, feeling remorse maybe of what's, what's happened. I mean, he's caused, his hand has been a major player in stirring the pot and especially with his wife and, um, all the things that's been happening to her. She's literally at this time that he's sitting in the jail, she's literally wasting away, mm -hmm. um, with her sugar sickness with supposed insulin, which makes me sick to even think about. But you kind of see that he's starting to get kind of remorseful. Um, he starts to talk about uh, the things that they did do. But I think it's also interesting how Tom White kind of even got him into this position. Because he had some other people who were making some statements. Um, and when Ernest didn't believe him, he just kind of brought those people in the room. I think it was, um, uh, it might have been Kelsey Morrison he brought in. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm wrong, yeah, Kelsey name. it's okay, Kelsey. I still Thank love you. you. Um, but he kind of brought, I, I mean, we just got to talk about the forensic of it. He doesn't have DNA. He doesn't have blood. Yeah. 
Um, he's coming on this case like super cold. Um, and so kind of bringing these players in and being like, oh, well, this person said this and this person said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of getting them to talk against confront each, other, each other, confront each other, yeah. bring them into the same room and be like, what's up, man? You said this. <laughs> you said this. Yeah, this is what happened. And so Ernest, he finally breaks down and he finally tells. Um, we see them go to trial, which I think is interesting, just the whole dynamic of it. Um, just even for the time, just the, the society of it, everybody came out to a trial, that trial. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there to see the show, yeah, I guess. The building is still in Pawhuska. Wow. There's a picture of it in the book. We should go. Looming over the town. Oh. It's like up on a high hill. I think I've seen that from the Pioneer Woman. I think you can Probably. see it from waiting in line for hours. Probably. At the Pioneer Woman. I think there's also a picture of her store, like in the olden days. Oh, wow. That's it really looks cool. exactly the same. But anyway, in the courthouse, um, all the major players are there. The town is there. There's kind of sides divided. And poor Molly, she's kind of sitting by herself because... She's kind of stuck in the middle. She's Osage, but she's also married to Ernest. Mm-hmm. And so, like, where where does she fit in in all that? Um, and then we find Ernest. He's on the stand. One look at Hale and his lawyers, and he's done. He's like, the fear. And it makes me wonder, Kelsey, like, what was Hale? What did Hale have against him? I know. Like, what did Hale threaten him with? I know. To even... Just have so much fear. So much power. So much I mean, Ernest is a young man. He could probably fend for himself. He said that he was like a a, a cowboy. Um, You would figure that he would be able to take care of himself. So it's interesting. I just want to know, what did he hold against him to make it so powerful? Mm -hmm. So Ernest flips. Um, He goes over to Hill's side for a while. Um... But in the end, um, Tom White was able to get the truth out um, of the situation that really happened. Even though Hale, ugh, Hale, tried to pay his way out of it yeah, with the blood money upon his hands. It's it just, truly, it's horrifying. It is horrifying. Um, and that kind of, I kind of want to close, if you don't mind. Close with an opening. Yeah. That's kind of poetic. It is. So at the very, very beginning of the book, the book opens. Um, it, the book opens talking about the flowers that come out in the Osage Plains during the springtime. And it describes how it looks like confetti. Like it's just so colorful, so beautiful. And then around May all these black Susans and it says spider, spider warts. Ugh. That sounds gross. Sounds terrifying. Warts. Um, spiders. <laughs> warts and spiders. <laughs> That's not a good combo. No. Um, but they start coming up out of the ground and they slowly creep over these beautiful flowers, basically breaking them, breaking off their petals, breaking, um, breaking off their leaves and eventually burying them in the ground. And that, when I read it, even going back and thinking about it, it just kind of gives me kind of chills just thinking of how poetic and symbolic symbolic that is is. of this whole story. Um, So it definitely is 
the perfect way to describe hail is a spider wart. A spider wart. Just something disgusting and something terrifying. Hail, you're a spider wart. Ugh. And everyone. Guardians, you're a spider wart. Yes, all guardians are spider warts. Yes. I'm going to have to look up and see what a spider wart looks like now. No. I can do it. We'll describe it to you guys. I'm picturing, without even looking at the picture, I'm thinking like some some kind of bumpy, it's got bumps, warts, but then it's also got like all these vines that come out of it. Mm. But it also says black-eyed Susans, which I kind of think are pretty. Yeah, it's actually not hideous, guys. They're not hideous. It's a but that's kind of like hail if you think about oh it. Oh my gosh, it is. He's like charming and then all of a sudden he kills you he kills you that's like oh my gosh oh yeah guys like they're just purplish blue flowers the spider warts and they look yeah they look nice you trust them they'd be your friend and then before you know it it's over game over they wanted literally taking the land what an amazing symbol put that together Great job, David Grant. Just round of applause for you. Uh, I know this took a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yes. Like, so many, probably years of effort. And that quote is like, like 10 years. 10 years. 10 plus years of research. Wow. Um, it was just beautifully done. And um, we just want to say that we deeply respect the Osage people. Yes. And um, this story, it really does mean a lot to, to, to us. And we want you guys to know about it. We want others to hear about it because we think it's very, it's a very important part of our history. Yes. Um, and as human beings, we need to learn, learn from our mistakes. Um, colossal mistakes. Our colossal, yes, colossal mistakes. And, not make these kind of things in the future. We're all human beings at the end of the day. Um, we all deserve deserve the best. Yes. With that being said, if we made any mistakes, or you feel like we should have talked about something more, or that we said something in error, please let us know because we want to know. We want to know. Because we really respect this story and the mm-hmm. Osage people, and it just needs to be a very, it's a very important story that needs it, to get out. Absolutely. It hasn't gone now. And if you're ever in the Pawhuska area, which a lot of you might be for the Pioneer Woman. Pioneer Woman. Take a break from eating at her 70 restaurants <laughs> and visit the Osage Nation Museum, which is in Pawhuska. Oh. And they have, in the book, they have lots of pictures of um, stuff that was taken from this time, the Reign of Terror. Just good to learn more information about this and also just their culture in general and learn more about them as people. I really want to go see this now. Me too. History is my jam. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining us on the Antisocial Book Club podcast. This podcast is hosted by Kelsey Krupitzer and Martana Carter with producer Jamal Carter. Please follow us on Instagram at Antisocial Book Club Podcast or find us on our website at antisocialbookclubpod.com.